did I? No, no, no. I, I take a nap every day. Nice. <laughs> I wish I could, man. I'm not a napper. Really? No, I wish I was. I could use a nap a lot, <laughs> but I just, I can't lay down. Like, Or I can lay down and then my mind just starts going. And then you won't fall asleep. I won't fall asleep unless if I go like in my bedroom mm-hmm. and you know everything's shut down and it's like I'm going to bed. And then I'll, I could fall asleep for like two hours. Mm-hmm. But what good is that? Then <laughs> my day's half over. <laughs> so I don't do that. Well, got so, Beanie here. Beanie, say hi. Where's Beanie? Come here, Beanie. Come here. Come here, Beanie. She's tired. She's tired. There she is. There she is. Hi, Beanie. What up, Beanie? What up, Beanie? Man, she loves so much. She loves attention. Yeah, yeah. She's like, Dad, what are you doing with that that microphone on your head? Huh? Uh, She's like, what are you doing, Dad, with that with that stuff on your head? Let's go play. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, funny. I come home every day, and she will not let you ignore her. She. She hugs me for, before even my children and my wife. She's daddy's home. <laughs> daddy's home. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. My dogs are outside right now sunbathing. They love this weather. Yeah. That sun is important. Well, anyways, should we get started? Yeah. Should we let's do, do this? It. Are you ready? I got some notes. And Yeah, uh, I'm ready, man. I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear what you got to say. So Okay. <laughs> How's the book so, coming along? It's frustrating. What do you mean? <laughs> it's, fr- it's frustrating. I just, well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's just looking into the into the mind of someone that I feel wants to uh, ruin our society. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we'll talk yeah. about it a little bit more. Oh, I watched God. the full uh, documentary you sent, the video on Saul Alinsky. Yeah. I watched the whole yeah, thing, so... I got my thoughts on that as well. <laughs> oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, let's get at it. So, well, Bible Times podcast, right? Yeah. That's what we're calling this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we're calling this thing. So, yeah, let's get started. I guess we'll call we'll call today's episode, Are We Falling Into Their Trap? Okay. Right? I mean, are, yeah. are we falling into the trap? I mean, you sent that, you sent that meme, and I think you posted on Facebook you know, someone wrote an article on that Saul Alinsky mm-hmm. and they kind of touched a little bit on it. And then, you know, they're on, on his book. Um, so then, yeah, I started doing a little bit of research on who this guy was. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll wait to hear what you got to say, but, <laughs> but that's, it's scary stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so what do you think? Um, Are we falling into their trap and who, and who is they? I think it's worse than falling into the trap. I think we we have we have fallen. We already fell in the trap just based on those eight uh, levels of control that I posted. Uh, you want me to read those really quick, or yeah, yeah, let's okay. do it. Well, it was in an article. I don't have the date of the article, but uh, basically, there's eight levels of control that must be obtained before we are able to create a social state. That's what it said in the article. And it says the first is the most important. Number one on the list is healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) Healthcare. And President Obama, he was, he studied under Saul Alinsky as well from Chicago, from the same Chicago way, the same uh, ideology. And healthcare when you think about Obama, you think about Obamacare. That's healthcare, right? Yeah. At the yeah. federal level, the first time where the federal government was in control of everyone's health care, it was unconstitutional because the Constitution says that the federal government can levy a tax or a service on all citizens. For years, they said that health care was not a tax. So it would have been unconstitutional. But it gets to the Supreme Court. They say that it is a tax that makes it constitutional. And there's number one, boom, at the federal level, health care. Control health care and you will control the people. Your health is very important, Brother Mike. What do you think about 
just the federal government having control of your health care? What do you how much power do you think that that gives the federal government? Well, I, I would say maybe up until a couple of years ago, post or prior to 2020, maybe I wouldn't have had much thought of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I think during Obamacare, I was working for the state. And, um, if I remember correctly, they, um, are, so I was, I was a prison guard and we didn't get paid much, but the healthcare was everything. It was, it was almost free. Right. So that, that was a big part of what brings a lot of people into working as a prison guard. Right. There's not a whole lot of ups to it besides the medical. Well, I remember when Obamacare was coming in, they, um, they were trying to, um, raise the rates because it was considered a Cadillac plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was when I kind of got my first taste of how government can kind of control a little bit and, and dictate on how healthcare is going. Yeah. Um, I mean, but then now we're, you know, fast forward to COVID and healthcare pretty much took over the world. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, I mean, I agree. it's, it, it's a big deal. It's a big do, deal, right? Do you it, remember it what, what Nancy Pelosi said? When it was a bill, she said it was a 2,000-page bill. No one read it. But she said that we have to pass the bill to see what's in the bill. <laughs> I don't remember that, but it sounds like something she would say. Yeah, she she's quoted saying that we have to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill, which it should be opposite. We should read the bill, understand it, and then take a vote and see if it passed. But Think and about this, Brother that. Mike. If the federal government is, is control of our health care, they can say, you know what? Reading your Bible causes stress. Stress is a health issue. We're going to ban all Bibles. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if they can say anything they want, right? They can say anything they want. Well, and and think about how they can prioritize people who gets who receives health care. Yeah. Um, they already did that with COVID and vaccines, right? If you were, if you didn't believe in the vaccine, well, there's people that, that weren't able to get their surgeries, right? Because, yeah. and the argument was, I, you know, I read a story online where a, a guy wasn't able to receive his a heart transplant. Wow. And the argument on their side was, well, if you can't follow simple instructions on, you know, taking a vaccine, wow. how can we trust you to get a new heart and do everything you're supposed to, Wow! to, to, you know, to, um, to keep that heart healthy because you know, in their minds, well, we'll give a heart to someone else who Mm. will follow protocol and, and, and to anyone who's kind of on the fence, that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. It it can make sense, but, but to people who are following what the vaccine was doing, how it's unproven. I mean, at the time it was unproven. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of a gamble. I mean, it, it's, it's scary. So, I mean, if they can dictate who gets a heart transplant, yeah. who's to say that they can't dictate who gets, um, well, let's, let's say people are going in for infertility issues or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you are a Christian and you don't believe in, in certain things, mm-hmm. you may go to the bottom of the list and you might yep. not be able to have a family. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, yep. that's. So control number one, health control on the checklist. Ching, ching, check. Oh, done. Yeah. And, and Mike, at the federal level, which means if, if, if a state can mess up, you can move to another state. Yep. But when it's done at the federal level, you got to move out There's of the nothing. country. <laughs> yep. So yeah. number two, <laughs> poverty, poverty. This is the eight levels of getting control to create a social country. So poverty, increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will fight back if you are providing everything for them. Okay, let me reread that. And will not fight back. I'm sorry. Let me reread that. Poor people are easily controlled and will not fight back if you are providing everything for them to live. I'm fresh off of this past election last fall. I was running for a state senate, as you know. I knocked yep. over, knocked on 3,000 plus doors. 
and I ran into issues of people felt that they were voting against their interests, you know, if they voted a certain way. And so uh, poverty, if, if a person feels that they're going to vote against their job or if they feel that they are on welfare, I did talk to a lot of people who were on welfare or getting substance, supplement, uh, they were being supplemented by the government, however you want to call it, <laughs> welfare, getting funded, free money, you know, mm -hmm. people are easily controlled when they're re receiving funds. So your take on that, man, that's this, this, <laughs> these eight levels of control. When I first read it, I felt that every American citizen should read it and at least understand what we're dealing with. And you ask, are we falling into the trap? I think we are in the trap. And can we get out of the trap is the question. Yeah. And and I'm not totally against welfare. Mm -hmm. I think there's a time and a place. I mean, I, I have a good story about a guy I used to work with who came to this country. I, I believe it was from the Ukraine, mm -hmm. you know, 20 or 30 years ago now. Okay. And, um, you know, and well, his family was on welfare for a couple of years to get on their feet. And then mm -hmm. they went on their own and, and, and they became successful, right? Um, middle-class, you know, lived mm -hmm. a good life. I think it does have a place, but, but mm -hmm. when you, when you have people on these programs for their, for the rest of their lives and there's no, there's <laughs> right. no incentives to, to, to build a better life. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's where the control starts. And, and I guess kind of going back to going into these areas as, as a police officer and talking to these people, I mean, um, you know, a lot of it, there, there's just so much comfort and, you know, and when you have your cell phone paid for you, you have enough money to feed yourself and your kids and you have really cheap housing. Mm -hmm. Why, why, why would you want to go work? for any, right. any type of money. And then, and the problem is when you do work, you do get a job they take and you it. start making too much money. They take it away. They, they, they take that stuff away. So it keeps <laughs> people in control, right? Keep you right there. Or it, keep, it, it, it keeps, it keeps people under their, under the government's control. Yeah. And it makes them feel good. And then guess who they vote for? <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Which is which which robs people, in my opinion. I agree with you. It, uh, welfare or getting funded by the government, it, it does have its place. I believe that life does happen. It should be a safety net. But like you said, I agree. You should not. It should not be a lifestyle. You shouldn't be on it for years upon years upon years. Number one, it robs you of your self-dignity yep. and self-esteem. You know, I believe that God created man to to work. Even Adam and Eve, God gave them one responsibility to till the ground, to take care of that garden. We have to work. There's dignity in work. There's there's all type of accomplishments, things that you can be proud of, you know. And, and if you're just sitting at home receiving a, a check from the government, it's robbing you of it. And ultimately, that weighs on your attitude, your mentality. I'll say this, too. Growing up in Gary, the, the saying was, Desperate people do desperate things. And so with this yeah. uh, number two, the level of control, the, the goal should be is to not be desperate, to not depend on the government, because when there when there's a, a shortage, you're, you, you're left with nothing. Eventually, with socialism, you run out of other people's money. And then what? Yeah. You're right. So, and then what? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know that's where you see you know a lot of crime and and violence things. You know, desperate people doing desperate things, illegal type things. Well, and and you kind of bring up a good point. You mentioned socialism, and mm -hmm. and and what you're reading these these eight ways to control. Um, these came from that Saul Alinsky's book. I forget mm -hmm. the title. Um how to create a social state, right? Okay. So he was, Saul Alinsky was a socialist. Yeah. He wanted socialism. He wanted communism. That's yeah. what he was all for, all for, right? Can, I, he's can got I a define bunch of communism as Please. according to my encyclopedia here? You can see that. Well, it's look, called, you really uh, did prepare. 
Southwestern Advantage Encyclopedia. You know, this this became very valuable to me, especially after uh, the George Floyd death and the riots. And the question, you know, us living here in Minnesota, the question was, how could they destroy businesses? What did businesses have to do with the death of George Floyd? George Floyd? Yeah. You know, Great question. And we know that the, the, the protest, it was peaceful when the sun was up and after the sun went down, it got violent and they just started destroying, burning up buildings and businesses. And so if, if I read this definition, maybe this could tie into the Sololinsky is deeply rooted in Marxism and communism. Here's the definition of communism. Communism or communists, they argue that private ownership leads to inequality because unequal ownership implies unequal power. How much do we hear them talking about equity? What is what is yeah. fair and privilege and private ownership, inequality? They always say these words. They're giving us the communist language. Communism prescribes a society where land, capital, and the means of production are collectively owned and power is exercised by the masses. They don't like independent business owners. They don't like capitalism. That's why a lot of them destroyed businesses and burnt it up. Built on the theories of Karl Marx and modified by V.I. Lenin, communist ideology was used to attack capitalism through doctrines of class conflict, historical inevitably, I'm sorry, historical inevitably, I'm saying that we're very wrong, inevitability. (laughs) You might have to edit this. That's a big word. I don't know. (laughs) Let me repeat that. Communist ideology was used to attack capitalism through doctrines of class conflict, historical inevitability, and economic determinism. Everything that they're teaching in schools, and they had no problem destroying billions of dollars, destroying small businesses, companies, burning them on fire, looting from them, because their roots in Marxism is that there shouldn't be any private owners because if you're a private owner, you have you have power, unequal power. Well, and who's they? Right? Who's they? Um, I don't think it was the it was the residents of Minneapolis and St. Paul that went out and burned their own businesses, right, right? right? It wasn't them. It was it was these Marxist groups that right. came out and they came from everywhere. Right. Um, they came from all over the, the state fluid. and even outside of the state. They mm-hmm. came from, um, they they came from Wisconsin. They came from Michigan. They came from all around. I'm sure even farther. I, I'm just saying places that I know and I physically saw them come. Um, when I was working, mm-hmm. um, we had people. We, we we pulled over some cars and they had some guns and stuff in, inside the vehicle, mm. and and they had first aid kits and and they were coming from. I think that was Wisconsin, and they were mm-hmm. going into Minneapolis. Yeah. No business being there. There yeah. was no, there was no peaceful protest. They came in just for straight violence. Yeah. Pay that's where the, the Antifa, Antifa, BLM, Antifa, BLM, all them, right? And, and anyone um, who believes the local. these ideology, and it was an opportunity. Our governor, our attorney general, our mayor—they were they were silent. They said, "Go have at it, have at it. Go ahead, burn, burn the police station down. Three, four yep. days, silence." Do whatever you want, mob rule. And that's what the Solinsky, when we watched the video, the documentary, even though I think he was trying to do good things for poor people and, and the slums, the way he went about it, it was like a mob rule type mentality. And they call it democracy. Democracy is mob rule, the majority rule. Mm-hmm. But the republic is where you know representatives we we elect representatives to represent us and we do it in a in a civilized way but any should we move on to the next one or you got more yeah let's do it let's do it uh you want to hit the next one me yeah we're at number three you're so good at this <laughs> all right i'll do um, it Bet. 
Yeah, I can read it, but 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 you're so good that I I want to hear your I want to hear your uh, your ideas behind this. So number three is debt. Debt. So I mean, increase the debt. debt as a nation. I can't even. I don't even know. It, I think it it's thirty-three trillion now. Is it thirty-three trillion? Thirty-three trillion. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way, you are able to increase taxes, and this will produce more poverty. Yep. And let's be honest about our presidents. Two. Our presidents. They have Obama was record breaking spending. The, yeah. there, was, there was a quote. I actually have the book. I don't. I have it downstairs. But he spent more than before when he was president. He spent more than all the presidents combined in his eight year term. What did? What, what was the reasoning? For, what? Uh, what? What was the? I mean, did, was there certain things? Was it on? Was it Obamacare and everything? Yeah, it was the Obamacare yeah. coming off of the war. Uh, all their social programs. If you look at our budget, it's military and entitlements. Yeah. Military and entitlements. Those are the top two. And so, interesting. And then you see entitlements. That's all the, the 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 state or federal government programs that they have to feed. I call it. Uh, you, you know, you have your private sector, then you have your state government jobs not saying the state government jobs are not important they are important but -hmm. within the grand scheme of things they don't create wealth they subtract from the general budget and you want your private sector to be strong you want that to be the top dog because the private sector creates wealth it's like swimming a swimming pool if we want to fill that pool we need a water hose new water coming in the pool the government jobs, it's it subtracts or it's like having a bucket in the pool. You're just shuffling water around. There's no new water. There's no new. There's not. It's not creating wealth. Hmm. And when I ran That's for state, I will look at some of the data out there. Minnesota, we were producing more state government jobs, which subtract from the budget than private sector jobs. Private sector jobs create wealth. They bring the revenue, the taxes. They bring the money into the government. Interesting. And so government, they take from taxpayers. <laughs> yeah. The more taxpayers you have, the more gov- the more revenue you have for your government. And I always used to tell people, and I was campaigning, I was telling people with unions, you should be, you should be voting for the party who's going to create private sector jobs because that will ensure revenue for your department. Did you get a lot of pushback on that? You know what? They agree with me, but they are so tied into this control where they felt they had to vote for the party that was going to make sure that their job, that the the the, the general budget, that the, the money will be there, that they were going to put it in the budget. And, it was, and the budget goes up, 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 up to the point where you look at Detroit, you look at Baltimore. I know we had a surplus, but... A lot of that was federal COVID money and us being overtaxed. But eventually you will run out of other people's money and you're going to need that private sector to be the top dog bringing in revenue to fund all the government. Mm-hmm. And I was a state, I was state worker for eight, seven years. And so I'm, I, you never heard me say that government jobs are not important. They are important. But from a grant within the grand scheme of things, it does not create wealth. It subtracts. Well, state jobs are important, but they also need to be limited. Is what you're limited, saying? Limited, like yeah, they need to be essential, essential budgeted. jobs. They have to be budgeted. Budgeted, yes. Be budgeted, yes. or else it is going to take the whole economy down. Yeah, it controls. It controls votes. It controls people. Yep, they agree with me. They liked me, but they said they just cannot go against what they were told. And I remember the emails I used to get when I was a, a union in a union and, and at a state job. It was Republicans are evil. They're trying to cut yep. this. They're trying to take that. Yep. No. So. Yep. It's that way right now. Um, yeah, yep. I was in a union for most of my adult life. Uh, my wife's in the union right now. And it's just, I mean, I, I, I don't have, I don't have hate for unions. You know, I, I, I always want a union job, right? Cause you want to be mm-hmm. taken care of. You want to, you want to make sure that, you know, I think some people are afraid of some 
uh, capitalism, right? Because they're afraid that there's there's going to be too much of a of um, these business owners that are going to take too much money. They're going to take advantage of people, right? And they're going to line their pockets and not take care of everyone. I think that's where the fear is. Yeah. So maybe unions have a place, but to the extremes, it's all a lot of it's a lot of propaganda, right? That yeah. the, that the, the unions are putting out. You know, yeah. you have to vote Democrat because they're the only ones that are going to take care of the people. It's right. always the people. They're always pulling on the heartstrings, right? Yeah, on the emotions um, of people. On the they emotions, did some good right? work early on to get laws passed, but when mm-hmm. those laws are passed, it's kind of like uh, they need to be relevant, and they want to keep that power you know yep. and, I, and i i've told people and i you know i'm an open book when when i was in the private sector i, I were i was in the, the state government union jobs and i had a private sector job in the private sector you get to negotiate your own wages based on your reputation and your hard work with a union job they negotiate for you you get what everybody else get mm-hmm. and there really is no opportunity to advance yourself the way you want to do it everything yep. is the same and it, and it 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 takes you know it takes that edge and that fire to go all out to get a promotion yep you will never get promoted above the union leaders or the managers or you know the executives <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> so no, no you got a good point you got a really good yeah. point so the next one, number four. Oh man, gun I'm gonna let control. You Boom! Uh, Every mass shooting, it's like clockwork. I heard it today. There was a mass shooting in was it Kentucky? That's the latest one. Is that the latest one? I believe it is Kentucky. Yeah. And as soon as the, the headlines comes out, the president says we need to have more stricter gun laws, more gun control. Here we go. I'm just reading right now on Twitter. Governor Walls, the endless news of gun violence is unbearable. As mm-hmm. a long, oh, what is what's he saying? As a longtime gun owner, I know background checks and red flag laws have proven to reduce gun violence and don't infringe on rights. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This session, Ooh. we're going to pass common sense gun violence prevention measures into law. Common sense, Pastor Jim. <laughs> it's common sense. sense. Well, common sense, let's read what it says about gun control in this this eight levels of control. Remove the ability to defend themselves from government, from the government. The way you are able to create a police state. So they're following it. I never hear them. Maybe you maybe you have heard you you can help me out. Why don't they increase the murder laws? Criminals and killers. They don't care about the murder laws. Why are they going to care about the gun laws? Right? It's all the laws on the books. Drug laws. I mean, look, we can't even stop people from texting and speeding. Right? That's that's a law. You can't text and drive. That's against the law. Right. I right. We could go out there right now, drive around, and we'd probably see, I don't, I don't know, in, in a half hour of driving, we could, we'd see 20 or 30 people texting and driving, right? Oh, yeah. I see it every day. So there's... There's laws against it, but people are still doing it. People are getting murdered. What, what, was it this weekend that St. Paul and Minneapolis both just had record murders, a record murder rate again? No. It, it's illegal, Pastor Jim, for mur- to murder someone. <laughs> they don't care about <laughs> it. It's illegal. Criminals <laughs> and killers don't care about the laws. Yeah. Who follows the care. laws? Us, the good, the, we do. Well, responsible we do. gun Law owners. Responsible citizens. gun owners. So you're going to take away our guns and we won't be able to defend ourselves. Now, the governor, the president, these politicians, these movie stars, these celebrities, they have paid armed security. <laughs> they live in gated communities with armed security. So they're like, Are you saying yeah. they have walls? Are you saying they have walls and guns? <laughs> <laughs> they do have those to protect walls. themselves. <laughs> they do walls and fence and walls and fence and guns. Valence to keep bad people out. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a joke, man. It's a joke. I, I mean, it really. Can you, I, you said common sense. Common sense is we are the ones that's going to follow the laws. 
we're the ones that's going to be limited. The criminals are going to be laughing like <laughs> you only have a 22. You only have a, a BB gun. They'll have the yeah, guns. They, they're not giving up their guns. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. They're not oh, giving up man. their guns. Well, and then as and a parent the- of four children, I would love for my tax dollars to go to an armed security person at these schools. These mass shooters, they don't want anybody shooting back at them. They want to go to a place. They want to just kill where no one can defend themselves and shoot back. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're opportunists, right? Um, they're going to go. Their, their objective is to kill as many people as they can in the shortest amount of time. Right. They're not going to go to areas where they're going to meet mm. another a, a force that's going to stop them. Right. It ain't going to happen. That's what they don't want. So yeah. they so why that's why they go to schools, yeah. right? Schools are the most open and unprotected buildings I could think of. Yeah. And it's and and, it's and scary. Any, any public places you see the signs we ban, you know, guns and weapons on this prim. You know, you're, it's a gun-free zone, and that's exactly where they go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's Absolutely. a shame that these politicians are are pushing up, but this shows you they are with this Alinsky Marxist type ideology, and they're pushing for it. Every gun situation, they're going to be pushing for it. Yeah, it angers me to no end. Yeah, it really does. It really so does. We kind of already talked about welfare. Number five. Yeah. Take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, and income. With this surplus, they were kind of figuring out here in Minnesota what they're going to do with it. Those three areas came up. Food. They want free lunches for all schools. Not all schools need free lunches. No. You know? No, they don't. I, these, <laughs> these, these schools in Minnetonka and Eden Prairie, and I'm trying to think of some other areas. They probably don't need them, yeah. right? They don't need and, them. And, and parents, and, and I guess, parents want to feed their children. Parents want to know what their children are eating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who, yeah. You know? I mean, I've seen. <laughs> I worked in a prison, and I worked in the schools, and guess what? The food's the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want my kids eating that stuff. And, and whenever you hear, hear the word "free," I don't, I don't know about you, brother Mike. Help me out. When I hear "free." You know what that tells me? <laughs> they ain't free. <laughs> well, it ain't, it ain't free, free. Or the the quality is probably not what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll make the joke. You know, you go to the dollar store and you buy something and it breaks. You're going to bring it back and get your dollar back? You're going to drive back to the store and, and, and ask for a <laughs> refund? Exactly. Of a, a, exactly. that costs a no. dollar? These... I don't know. I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. I, I can't even explain why this, why, why they voted for this and yeah. stuff like this, like free school, free lunch, because they already had programs out there. Yeah. I myself growing up was on free lunch because, yeah. because we grew up, you know, in poverty, right. It was me yeah. and my mom, um, couldn't afford lunches. So, but but they had programs for people, for kids that, that can't eat. So why are we passing it for everybody? It's an, it's number five. They want more of a welfare state. Yeah. So food, housing. I heard them talking about housing, just building housing. And we can do another show on who's going to be living in those houses now that we have, you know, record-breaking illegal crossings. Yeah. You know, they're going to be yep. living somewhere in those future Future block voters, one-way voting. And so we already talked about welfare and what it does to a human being and, and having that control where they're depending on the government. It's, it's, it's just not what it should be. Welfare should be a safety net to get you on your feet and get you going. Mm-hmm. Number six, mm-hmm. education. Boom. Here we go. <laughs> Take control of what people read and listen to. Take control of what children learn in school. They're following it to the T. Somebody might watch this podcast and go, I don't believe. You don't have to. They're doing it full throttle. 
they're not hiding it, right? They're writing books on it. Like this right. is a this is a book written by a Marxist author who has been followed and studied hard by our political leaders. Yep. Right? This is out there. This is yep. anybody could go research this stuff. This yep. isn't something Pastor Jim and Mike made up. <laughs> this is, you know, like this is and that's why, you know, and I think we talked about this off air. And that's why I went and bought his book mm-hmm. and I'm trying to read through it because I don't want people who listen to this come up and be like, oh man, you guys are just, yeah. you guys are blinded. You guys are political, you know, politically biased and all that. I mean, this, we're, we're just, we're just talking about stuff that's out there. Right. Yeah. You know what? I want to say something you, that we're making for, up. Thank you for getting the book and thank you for, for reading it. Cause I know my time is restricted and I know that you, you can really get into it and you can bring it to this podcast that that's valuable what you're doing. So I want to just tell you, thank you. I was thinking about that before the podcast. I mean, thank you for reading through this book, fine tooth yeah. combing it and, and bringing it to light. Well, don't thank me yet. I'm not that far into it. So that's all right. <laughs> we'll we'll see. It, it's, it, it gets frustrating. I mean, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll tell the readers kind of what I got real quick. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought his, it, it's an abbreviated version of his book. I think it was rules for radicals, kind of his big one. And so the book I bought is kind of a, a a shortened version of it. And it's the 13 tactics for realistic radicals. Okay. Um, So it kind of almost like what we're talking about today, the eight rules. Mm -hmm. Um, This is just 13 tactics. So it's the same thing. It's got 13 tactics that are broken down on basically socialism and Marxism. Right. Um, so I'm just reading through it. It's super interesting. I should have read it years ago um, when I was working in law enforcement because it really explained a lot of what I was dealing with with these mm-hmm. groups and, and stuff. And it really would have, I think, helped me out. But um, yeah, so I'm trying. Yeah, hopefully I can, you know, learn learn more and and, and we have a little bit more content. Okay. For uh, for the podcast, but um, so education. Where we at on the eight? Yeah, education. CRT, critical race theory. Before critical race theory, it was evolution theory. Mm -hmm. You know, and so now, in my humble opinion, this certain party that can't run on economics, public safety, and, you know, economy, they have to find social issues to run on and make that their huge rally cry and how they raise money and get people to vote for them. And so in the education system, what we're seeing is just a massive propaganda to produce future voters and to have control over those future voters. Yep. And and again, they're pulling on the heartstrings. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're using these these social issues like, well, like gun control, right? Guns are killing people. We need to get rid of them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody wants to be disliked. Right. I mean, you don't want to be disliked. I don't want to be disliked. Um, so they use those tactics with uh, with transgenderism and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to say, hey, there's nothing wrong with being different, mm-hmm. which they're right. But they yeah. use they use those terms. Right. And they, they pull on the heartstrings and they apply it to bigger issues. Right. Yes. And stuff yes. that's un- ungodly. Stuff exactly. that goes against the Bible, and it makes people really question if they had faith. It makes them question their faith. Like, well, am I a bad person exactly. because I believe? You know, why? Why would I? Yeah, why? Why? I, I, you know, I, I want everybody to be included. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's where so, that's how cunning it is. A, a statement: "Black Lives Matter." Oh, that's great. But when yeah. you say, "All right, yes." And all lives matter, even blue lives. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, no, no. <laughs> I tell you what. So, it, I mean, it, just to add a little bit on that, I remember saying all lives matter, right? And then I was called a racist for that. Yeah. Because I wasn't, because I wasn't acknowledging what, what black lives are going through at this point. So when yeah. I said, yeah, black lives matter, white lives matter, Asian lives matter, kids lives matter. Um, I believe all lives matter. They say that that's a racist statement. That's messed Officer up. Officer Mike, that's an that's a racist statement. You can't say that. 
That's messed up. Um, and, and I was, you know, and then for someone like me, I'm like, at the time, I'm like, well, I don't want to hurt anyone's like, I'm not trying to be racist. I, I maybe I just don't know. So then I start doubting myself. Yeah. And I start trying to look internal, like, well, what kind of person am I? Right. And it get got me twisted up. Yeah. And, and that's then what I'm divisive. It's yes. a divisive then, ideology. Yes, exactly. And then mm-hmm. now here I am sitting here thinking, no, that was all that was all garbage. They they got me. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. They got to me. And yeah. it made me depressed because I thought I was a bad person. Mm. And it's yeah. Yeah, very cunning. And it's being pushed in the schools. And notice the connection between the public schools, the unions, and the Democrat Party. It's a one-sided connected at the hip. Yep. One way, one one way. So number seven. Now all the Christians out there, all Muslims, all uh, Jews, Hindu, whatever religion you are in, number seven says religion. Remove the belief in the God from the government and schools. Okay, remove belief in God from the government and schools. And so now they're creating a society that is godless, no God. And when there's no God, there's no rules. There's no understanding of sin. There's no understanding of what is right or wrong. Another way to control people. You know, and and I believe that pastors, preachers, church leadership, parents, you have to take a stand. You have to teach your children, like the Bible says, teach them, let let them know what they're doing. I've sat down with my children and I'm constantly going over these things with them and we're trusting them to be in a public school. And there's some conversations I've had with teachers and principals where I let them know, I know what's going on, but I understand you're forced to do this because your livelihood is attached to it. And when you say inclusion and 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 and, and uh, inclusiveness, all this it doesn't really mean that because if I come with a conservative viewpoint or a faith-based viewpoint, you want to call me this and you want to shut that down. So you can look past the lies and the rhetoric, but religion, remove it. Government is religion. Government will feed you. Government will give you health care. Government will give you all these things. Just vote for this part. <laughs> Just vote. Yeah, well, vote for us. We'll take Just care of you. Yeah. Vote for us. Your take? Yeah. My take? Well, I, I see it. I, I mean, I guess that was always kind of a saying, right? Like even back in, in you know, corporate world or, or working, you never discuss politics or religion, right? Because <laughs> they're just so, you know, you could always, it just starts too many fights. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's been taken to a whole new level. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess my take is I see specifically, I see Christians, Christianity being taken out of the schools and out of the workplace. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I mean, I, I seen a lot of other religions and stuff being honored, you mm-hmm. know, um, Muslim and, um, you know, Ramadan and stuff like that. Like that was always a priority working in the prison. And even lastly, when I was in the schools, mm-hmm. um, there was some, some equity, equity, whatever, they're, whatever they're called, equity and inclusion mm-hmm. people who work there, right? That's their job. And I remember hearing one one of the guys screaming about how Ramadan, one of the kids, something with Ramadan, right? Mm-hmm. Where he wasn't allowed to eat. So they or or you know, because they're not, they're fasting. Yeah. Um, but it was something where he was so upset that that they gave him a different area to sit in or something like that. And I just remember hearing like and and the in the, the the teachers, or I'm sorry, the principal who was on the receiving end of this being yelled at was just panicking. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be inclusive. I'm trying to, but, and I remember sitting there thinking, well, okay, I, I understand you're bringing all these, you know, religions, but, but then when kids are walking around with 
with no masks on or, you know, we can't have, they couldn't have shirts that, that mentioned anything with Jesus or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's, it's considered offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I feel that it's maybe, and maybe this is just the beginning, but I feel like it's more Christianity. Yeah. I right? agree. I feel like it's more Christianity in here. I want to, my phone keeps closing, but, but they're trying to take, so is it, you know, and, and I'll even add to this. So they're trying to take God away from the government and schools. Oh, well, I want to say media, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you never hear you never hear him on on Netflix and on all these shows. You never hear him say Muhammad's name in vain. Mm-hmm. You don't ever hear him say anything Hindu. Um, trying to think, I yep. just you never hear him. It's always God in Jesus' name in vain. Yeah. Right. That's a that's a swear. And they say it all the time, but you don't ever hear anyone say you know, <laughs> swearing to about Muhammad or anything like that. Right. So there's it, it's it's almost like it's a <laughs> it's it's almost like it's a plan <laughs> to mm-hmm. attack Christianity and God and Jesus. Right. Yep. Yep. And yeah, that's just what I see on, on the daily and stuff I think about. You know, I don't have the answers for it, but I just feel yeah. <laughs> if they're tugging on my heartstrings now, I yeah. feel that they're attacking Christianity more so than other religions. And and it's and it's sad that well, not sad. It's a truth that Christianity, America, is majority. There's different sets of Christianity. I think we still have the majority, but. It's interesting how Christianity accepts everyone. You can come to our country, you can build a mosque, you can build, you know, a temple, whatever it is. You've got freedom of religion here. But when you go to these other countries, you don't dare. You're not allowed the same freedom and inclusiveness that Christians give everyone. And it's almost like they're taking it, you know, and using it against us. That's that's what yeah. I see. Yeah. No, good point. Real good you know, point. So last one, number eight, class warfare. Divide the people into the wealthy and the poor. This will cause more discontent and it will be easier to take tax the wealthy and support the poor. All right. So class warfare, when people say people who are marginalized, people who are, uh, 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 what are you, that's less, less fortunate. I mean, everything is based off of class warfare. And Marx called it the bourgeoisie and the workers of the world. He wanted that, that class warfare conflict from what I've read, he went to his grave disturbed because America, during the Industrial Revolution, we really, there was no real class warfare. America was booming. And the regular workers were, were happy making their money, enjoying their American dream, you know, with freedom, freedom of religion, freedom of, you know. And so he, his plan, he went to the grave just frustrated because America was booming and America simply just left the world with technology and advancement. But yeah. we see that today. Tax the rich. Tax the rich. That's, you know, uh, AOC wore a dress at one of those expensive uh, outings. And on the back of the dress, it says tax the rich. Let's see. I'm going to Google real quick what AOC's worth is. Let's see if the Google even tells me. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I just want to see. While you're doing that, when they say tax the rich, do people realize it's really hurting everyday hardworking Americans? Well, we're going to, yeah. The rich are going to do four things. They're going to pass that cost on to the consumer, which is us. They're not going to hire as much people, which is bad for us. They'll downsize, which is bad for us. Or they'll just relocate their business out of that state or city or out of the country. Look what Chicago did. The Chicago Bears. Yes. Messing around with that, the governor, well, she, the mayor, she's she got replaced. But they, the Chicago Bears will no longer be playing at Soldier Field. They're going 30 minutes outside of Chicago. It's just yeah, they're bad going like the business. suburbs, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And so the class warfare, taxing the rich, hating those who are are successful. You know, it's just it's just bad, man. And 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 I just wish that America, we can just get back to working hard. You can learn from the rich. You know, rich people 100%. pay. They pay the majority of all taxes. <laughs> And who knows? I mean, because I don't believe everything I read either on social media, but like Elon Musk, he tweeted not too long ago. He's like, I paid the highest taxes in the history of anyone in the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. He, he paid you know, millions in taxes. Yeah. And the uh, more you yeah. make, the more they take. Yeah. The, the tax yep, brackets exactly. are real. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I don't want to get into Tax them more. Biden yeah. wants to tax the rich even more. Even though they're paying over, I think it's 49, 51, somewhere percent of all taxes. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, so I pulled up, <laughs> bear with me here. I Go pulled ahead. up the, the you know, because it's the internet. So they, you know, yeah, you don't even trust Google a lot. But one of the first articles I pulled up, it says, AOC isn't worth 29 million. Her financial disclosure shows a far lower figure. Well, what does that mean? If that's the first headline you read, I'm thinking she makes 29 million. <laughs> so, because then here's the whole article of them trying to say, no, 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 she doesn't make 29 million. Well, guess what? She made 29 million. Yeah. So, yeah. On a salary that's supposed to be what, 170,000? I think that's what she's Congress supposed to make that much. Get. I think it's 170, if I remember correctly, at the federal level. Our U.S. Congress and, and Senate, and <laughs> now they're worth millions. Well, I look at you look at all these look at these presidents and stuff, man. They got houses on islands and like where where are they where are they? come on who are you yeah. fooling who are you fooling? So those are the eight levels of of control. We see it and and we see it going on in our government, state, federal. And Saul Alinsky, he was the community organizer. You know, that's what Obama claimed that he was, a community organizer in Chicago. You know, he had no experience, but he was deeply rooted in this ideology. And obviously they pushed him forward. You know, Hillary, yeah. you mentioned Hillary, did her thesis on Saul Alinsky. And, yep. and then the terminology that they use, inclusive, equity, you know, all those different different terminology, it comes right out of Marxism and, and communism. So what else yes. you got, man? Any last minute remarks? <laughs> well, I want to say, and I wrote this down, and I think this kind of ties it all back into why we're talking about this, right? Mm -hmm. And it all comes back down to God and Satan, mm -hmm. right? It all comes back to to this. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think I sent you this text, you know, it, so in his book, Saul Alinsky kind of talks about why he does this. Right. And, and it's funny because I, I tried to, I tried to do a little bit of research on it too, but mm -hmm. um, so if you Google it, Saul Alinsky, he gives credit to the devil to say, in in yep. his book, right? So, and it's funny because Snopes, <laughs> Snopes, mm -hmm. another trusted uh, thing on the internet, um, mm -hmm. fired back and they said, no, that's not true. Saul Alinsky did not dedicate the book to the devil. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to look into that because I don't believe Snopes. So this is what Alinsky wrote in his, in his book. Um, so he, it was... It, here, I'll just say it. I'll just read it word for word. So mm -hmm. this is Alinsky. Uh, Alinsky. Uh, Lest we forget at least an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement to the very first radical from mm -hmm. all our legends, mythology, and history, and who is to know where mythology leaves off and history begins or which is which, mm -hmm. the first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did it so effectively that he at least won his own kingdom, Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lucifer. Yeah. So, of course, Snopes said that's not true. He's not dedicating the book to to, <laughs> to, to, to to Lucifer. And I'm like, 
Okay, fine. Yeah, okay, Snopes, I guess technically you're right. He didn't say, I dedicate this book to Satan. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you, Pastor Jim. When I start a book, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start mentioning Lucifer. And you know, and hey, I want to at least make a acknowledgement to Satan mm-hmm. in, in my book. I'm not doing yeah. it. And that's the first page, right? That's like right out front and open. Yeah, I don't want to say it's a prologue, but it's something. And now and Snopes also said the same thing. They're like you know, oh, this ain't true because he didn't put in there. I dedicate this book um, <laughs> because I think it was Ben Carson. Ben Carson brought that up. He did when he, he did. was running. He brought it up, and he's like, you know, we got this this Marxist movement who dedicated their their books to yeah. um, to Satan. Give him a and, shout out! Uh, and, shout out! Yeah, shout shout out it's a shout out. Exactly, exactly. Thanks and then, but all the yeah, and all the but all the Democrats are. Let me show this for two. This is yeah. Bible times, real quick. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll start at verse 10. The Apostle Paul says here, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. They might be trying to control us, but just be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles means trickery. The devil's going to try to trick you. But now look here, he's going to have to use some people to try to trick you. How does he do it? Well, look here at verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You and I, we talked about some issues of people who are in power, who are utilizing these eight levels of control. It might seem that it's a person or a group of people. It's not just them. There's something beyond. They're, They're puppets for what we're going to read about here. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're talking about. These are systems of the world, how they work together. And you mentioned it earlier. They really are coming against Christianity. They want to redefine marriage. They want to redefine uh, uh, biology. They want to redefine everything. Leave God out. But the devil has to use people. And that's why he's saying, verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You might think it's the people, but it's more than just them. It's the principalities, the powers against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. I always mention that uh, uh, standing is a very important thing. If you're in a fight or a battle, if you're not standing, if you're on the ground, not good. Yeah, not good. No, you you, you yeah, got knocked the heck out. Yeah, you're in trouble. Not good. <laughs> and then the next verse, 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, not lies, truth. We got to teach our children the truth so they can stand. And having on the breastplate of righteousness in your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench not some, but all the fiery darts of the wicked. 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now that's a whole nother podcast. A whole nother podcast. But we have, as Christians, as believers, we do have the power. We might lose some battles, but we're going to win the war. And we can stand. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but but of power, love, and a sound mind. The world is going crazy. We shouldn't be going crazy. We should have a sound mind because the God that we serve is an awesome God. All power in his hands. And if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. Man, that's some powerful stuff, Pastor Jim. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad we got, I'm glad you were able to tie it back into the Bible, right? Because that's the whole point of all this stuff. You know, we could talk about real, real life problems and politics and stuff, right? But it, it all, and, and this is, and this is why I, I came, I came to Christ is really all the answers are, are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And with your teachings and everything, it helps me through it because I just I look at this world and I'm like, I, what is this? What is going on? I don't <laughs> yeah. understand any of this, right? Mm-hmm. And the only and nobody has an, a real answer except for reading the Bible, the Word of God, yeah. and listening to your teachings. So praise the Lord. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Right. It's about thank that you, time. Brother. I really appreciate it.